What's going on guys, my name is Aldenero and welcome to another episode of The Midnight Hour. I'm joined today by Steve Garrigan who is the lead singer from the band Codaline. It's his fourth time I think on this podcast overall and um, we talk about a lot of things, uh, talk about what he's been up to, talk about what it's like to be on tour, the things that you do during downtime um, and Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, lots of things. Um, it was a pretty fun conversation. Uh, Steve is currently recovering from surgery, so he's like heavily medicated and had to record the episode while lying down. So because of that, it's like a very chilled out and quiet episode. And I think that you guys will really like it. Um, so with that out of the way, uh, let's get into the episode. Hopefully you guys like it. I'm joined today by Steve Garrigan, the lead singer from Codaline. How's it going? We're in your house, and thank you so much for inviting me back after the last time. I didn't think I'd ever see the inside of this house again, but... I don't even know how you got in, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, seriously, I mean, how did you get in? All I'll say is, you need a new doorman. Okay. Because the one that you have is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, wow. Um, no, dude, it's awesome. I had a lot of fun last time, and... Uh, yeah, the time before I'm a big fan of the Midnight Hour I genuinely listen to it um, every night only recently uh, one of the episodes I, that really kind of struck me was I think you were talking about anxiety and depression yeah um, not that I went looking for a podcast on anxiety and depression I just stumbled upon it and uh, it kind of caught me off guard but it was amazing and uh, uh, cheers, dude. some of the things you said were very very cool and uh, I totally agreed with them yeah and, yeah that was one where I, I literally just sat down and i pressed record and it's the first midnight hour episode ever where it's just me talking and um it was like afterwards i felt like a weight had been lifted or something it was uh i don't know it was pretty crazy like that i'd never touched that topic before yeah and then this one day something just changed and i was like Do you know what i'm just gonna fucking talk about this and uh yeah, it was really good. Like, I got such good feedback from that. Yeah, yeah well, the thing is it, used, it is, it used to be a very, very heavy topic, you know? Mm. But it's actually really refreshing to see that everybody is kind of opening up over the last few years, and they're kind of... Yeah, there's a noticeable change. Yeah, it's, it's great, you know? I mean, I've suffered from anxiety, and i suffered from depression of for years, and uh, I came out the good end of it, you know, but... I kept it quiet because I was ashamed of it because that was the mentality, you know, at yeah. the time. Like, I felt like if I talked about it, people would not understand or they'd just kind of not be my friend or think that I'm weird or think that I'm broken. Yeah. And, uh, but then, you know, in recent years, it's only recent, you know, the last couple of years, more people have kind of been outspoken about it and it's a very very common thing and a lot of people suffer in silence so i think the best thing to do is just talk about it yeah definitely. and it, and it's a healing process as well when you talk when you let it out i mean it's the only way to kind of get it out of your system and take that weight off your shoulders and actually start the healing process so uh it's it's a great thing I, yeah i mean fair play for doing that uh, yeah. that episode it was awesome yeah cheers this is this will sound like a cheap plug off the back of this but i mean this sincerely uh there'll be a link in the description for anyone that wants to like we did not plan to talk about this and i hate <laughs> making it sound like i'm profiting off people but there is a link uh 
for um, a place called BetterHelp, which is like a phone app for uh, counseling and stuff. I mentioned it in depth in my episode about depression, which you can check out. But uh, just for like, honestly, um, it, I, I, I do make money if you pay for it. But it's something like I don't mind making money off of people bettering themselves. So it's not like a cheap plug, you know what I mean? But um, anyway, look, if you want to know more about that, listen to the episode. Um, but the link is there. Um, so um, how is your back doing? You had back surgery. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I had, uh, I was touring and stuff. And I had this kind of back issue for the last two years. And I kept ignoring it. And thinking that it was just like a pulled muscle or something. And uh, yeah, I found out it was a slip disc and then it got really, really bad. And I had this thing called sciatica. It's when you get like really, really painful shocks down the nerve of your leg. And it's all down my left side. Um, and my leg was going numb and stuff. And I found it hard to walk for a while. I was doing a gig in Dubai there recently and a gig in the Philippines and I I thought I was all good, you know, and then on stage, it's weird because when I'm on stage, I have this adrenaline rush and I completely ignore the pain and I just be kind of singing and jumping around and playing instruments and stuff. And But then as soon as I came, I'd come off stage, I'd be absolutely in agony. Um, I remember this was about month and a half ago in Manila in the Philippines I had a day off and I decided that I'd walk across the road to the shop and I couldn't I got to the shop which is about a five minute walk and then I couldn't walk back because I couldn't stand up and I was there on my own and it was horrible so yeah um but I came home and uh, I got the surgery there and that it was last week I got surgery yeah so I'm, I'm just taking it easy. I'm lying down. I'm not, I'm not really able to sit down at the moment, but I can stand and I can walk. Um, it's cool. I mean, I actually feel better. Most of the pain is gone. It's just my back has to build up strength again. Yeah. yeah. I've never got surgery before and I've never broken a bone, touch wood. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just a weird thing that happened to me. Apparently it's because of my, uh, my posture. I, I hunched a little. And I never really paid any attention to it. So what I would say is anybody just pay attention. Everybody pay attention to your posture. Try and stand up straight. Because uh, if you do it for too long and you're kind of hunched over. Or if you're not standing right or running right or anything. Um, you can end up having bad back problems. So yeah, you live and you learn. <laughs> Stretch as well. Do stretches after. If you want to know more about posture, there'll be a link. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I kind of went on and on there about my back. But, uh, oh, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I, I, like, to be honest, I've just been lying in my house. I had to cancel a show and a few things. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of in my house trying to keep myself busy. Lying down for most of the time. I'm lying down right now. And uh, just kind of messing around, writing songs, which is difficult because I can't sit at a piano. But I can lie down and play guitar, which is cool. Um, that is cool. That is the <laughs> ultimate cool thing to do, is lie down and play a guitar. <laughs> like, out in the sun with sunglasses on, lying down playing a guitar. It, it doesn't really get much cooler than that. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of... Uh, 
it's all good. I'm on the mend when I'm recovering. You're going to be fit for Malahide? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... Uh, I should be okay. I yeah. go into physio in about two weeks or so. The week before Malahide and... Yeah, I should be fine. I, I just have to take it easy. I won't be able to do anything crazy like stage dive or jump off the drum riser or jump around, but I'll be able to play and sing. And What will the gig be without the patented Steve stage dive? That's not a thing. I just made that up. <laughs> you came very... I, I honestly, at the... Uh, what was it? Like the second night in the Olympia in like 2013 when you did three nights? I, no, I jumped off the you, stage and climbed up into the, the... You climbed up into the box? Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, what were you thinking I was going to jump? I... I was thinking, like, what would I do in that situation? And I would have jumped. And I, was thinking, I don't think, to be honest, I don't think our music nah. justifies <laughs> a stage dive. It's too chill. I don't know, dude. You know, um, on your first ever, like, world tour, um, you used to play Prey, uh, one of the tracks from your yeah. first album. That There's, a like, the bridge in that song, yeah, okay, you do that right, live. Yeah. That is, like, like, I mean, people are going to scoff at this if they haven't heard it. But, like, there's a moment where you could be at a Nine Inch Nails gig. When that when the guitar kicks in heavy and Jay does that scream and it's like the, I don't know that that song is like venomous and you could stage dive to that song easily. Mm. Have I given you an idea? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just remembering those gigs. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't really do anything like that anymore. I kind of just like jump off the stage, climb up things, or any of that mad stuff. Uh, you're kind of playing bigger venues, isn't it? Like, no yeah. space on a bigger stage I to suppose, do shit yeah. like that. Well, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just kind of focus on uh, just playing the songs and, and uh, getting into the music and playing off the crowd and stuff, you know? I yeah. don't really do any of that diving into the crowd stuff if you need someone to <laughs> fill in for you for the well, if you want to step up on stage i yeah. can throw you into the crowd <laughs> you know what you're joking absolutely million into the I'm crowd genuinely like. down for that <laughs> <laughs> like i mean violently yeah <laughs> no can you put me into a cannon and launch me into I, the crowd? I could get an el dinero cannon yeah. yeah that's what i want call it a coda cannon that would make sense a coda cannon yeah, yeah. You ever think about bringing out like a range of stuff that has just Coda at the front of it? Like we we have we have Coda line mugs. Yeah, and they're fucking quality. One of them says "coming up for tea." It does not, does it? Yeah, it's, our second <laughs> album was coming up for air, so yeah. it says "Coda line coming up for tea," and then the first one is "In a Perfect World" was our album, the first album, yeah. so it's "In a Perfect Mug." No way, that's yeah. pretty sick. That's some slick merch. We'll think, we'll think of one. There will be a, an album tree mug. Do you know what the album's going to be called? Yeah, but I, I, we not haven't announced it anywhere yeah, yeah. yet. So. Um, I can't believe you're calling it the Midnight Hour Podcast is the best podcast. No, it's called uh, Shooting El De Niro Out of a Cold Cannon <laughs> into, into the Crowd Violently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the stated intention. I mean, you could be like me. You could have a back injury lying down for a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's good crack. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly look but yours would be so much cooler. I got mine because of bad posture. You got yours because you got shot out of a cannon. <laughs> a you should start that's saying that. Start saying that in interviews. Say yeah. that's what happened to you. Actually, that's what I'm going to say. That's my story. Do you know, it's insane to me that like um, when when we were younger, I remember uh, we used to go to Ramp City and Ramp and Rail and 
you used to play fo- like skateboarding and football yeah you used to jump over bins like all this mad shit and you were very hurt, active you hurt yourself by having by being a gamer for for years basically yeah it's kind of uh ironic actually yeah. it's it's like yeah it's ridiculous you used to do backflips off walls and yeah stuff. i remember that back summer you used to do the worm yeah in your front garden i don't know like me and my mate used to watch uh parkour parkour yeah parkour yeah and we just tried to replicate it um and we started doing backflips and flips and whatever one-handed cartwheels and somersaults and i think uh stuff jumping over a wheelie bin that that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen anyone do it's not that high man it's really fucking high dude every single time i'm taking my bin out i'm like this is basically up to my did i I stick a board on it i think i had two boards on it i don't think two skateboards did you i think so that's even more ridiculous yeah I don't know. We were, I was I was a bit mad to be honest as yeah. a kid. Just try anything. That came from skateboarding. Yeah, I know. Because, like you know, when you see a big staircase and you're a skateboarder, you get that adrenaline rush. You're like, can I do it? I probably can't, but there's a good chance I might be able to do it. Should I do it? And then you kind of weigh it up, and then you take the risk. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of the time you just bash yourself. Yeah. But through that, I learned how to fall. It's like a judo roll. So oh, you, when yeah. you fall, you roll over onto your shoulder and you don't actually get injured. And mm. uh, you get a bit bashed, a couple of cuts and bruises, but nothing serious, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that whole just jumping stuff and all that, it came from skateboarding, just having yeah. that mentality. I remember that. I remember those days and just being astounded by just the agility it takes to do shit like that. Like, I'm a fairly flexible guy, but I couldn't be jumping over wheelie bins and shit i can what i can do is sit like the buddha and walk on my knees well that's incredible (laughs) (laughs) i i did a um i was in a yoga retreat in cambodia and uh we were doing yoga three times a day and meditating three times a day as well but that's the pose that you're supposed to be in Mm. and every time i sat down to like meditate or whatever um i could not do that. I was in so much freaking pain, but really? I just had to kind of push through it. Yeah. And um, but yeah, the the guy who was actually teaching the class had his legs like folded up over each other. That's how I sit. Like it's literally, crazy, when right? I'm at my computer desk, that's how I sit on the chair, and my knees go just under the table. You're like a Buddha, bro. Yeah. No, I literally uh, even when I'm in work, like I'm going to work in an office, uh, and. I sit. I can. I. I can't sit like a Buddha in work because people will laugh at me. But I always Do sit on anyway. one leg. <laughs> but not Start like a trend. Like I actually. And like, then, like a couple of months later, everybody will be sitting like that. <laughs> They definitely will. If you said something, it'll start off like they'll all be like, "What the hell's yeah, going yeah. on?" And then one of them will copy, and then another yeah, and start bringing in flavored water and saying like, "Oh, it's how I get in touch with my chi." And then people <laughs> <laughs> start some kind of craze. But yeah, no, I always sit like that. Like I'm not sitting like that now, and I'm actually a little bit like, "Oh, I should be sitting like that." It's really weird. I always just sit on my legs, and I don't know why. Well, yeah, that's pretty good, oh, man. It's very difficult to do. You're obviously. I'm like yeah, flexible. I'm really flexible. Yeah, I'm. I'm also like, look at that. How far back my finger bends, and shit. It's crazy. Touch my thumb under there. Like, yeah, it's fucked up shit. For anyone wondering what I just did, I basically bent my thumb around itself and wrapped it around. Yeah. Anyway. And touched your wrist with your thumb. Yeah. 
that's crazy the tip of my tongue that's insane that's yeah. like break for anybody who wants to try that don't because <laughs> you'll break your tongue unless you're you just so happen to be uh, super flexible or yeah. double jointed that's double jointed it's the yeah, it's, it's the best superpower i think i think like, no it's an awful super i think iron man would rather just be double jointed instead like of lose lose the suit yeah lose and, and the, the money and the genius if he was just double jointed imagine everybody in the avengers had the worst superpower <laughs> Like Iron Man's power, he didn't have a suit. Yeah. Double. He was called no, just double joint, double jointed. <laughs> That's his name. And uh, his superpower was touching his wrist with his tongue. Now, if there was another guy like the, the I don't know what's like random and absolutely pointless. The Hulk. The Hulk. In- instead of turning green, he gives the, people yeah, hooks. Yeah, the Hulker. <laughs> <laughs> the Hulk. <laughs> the incredible hulk the incredible hulk <laughs> he hugs them and tries to like just be nice and spread the love share the love you know the, if you could fight any avenger who would it be um obviously double jointed because <laughs> <laughs> his superpower is so bad he sucks and he probably stand a chance <laughs> yeah but he's double jointed he can poke your eyes out from several if i was angles. an avenger i would be the hugger <laughs> the incredible hulk the incredible hugger um, I don't know if I had to fight one I wouldn't want to fight one first and foremost because I just die straight away mm. um, it's a concern it's a concern I'm trying to think I'd, pr- I'd fight the Incredible Hulk because um, he's bad at actually summoning the Hulk so you're really just beating up a scientist it's <laughs> <laughs> a fair point yeah just slapping him around the head and he's like oh and he goes a little bit green, but he can't quite get it. Yeah, he doesn't look too fast either. Yeah. So he could probably just run, slap him, and then run away, and then yeah. run back and that's, slap him. That's literally... And then when your... he turns into the Hulk, just get into your car. Yeah. <laughs> fucking floor it. <laughs> I think can that... you run away, or do you have to finish the fight? Uh, you can run away, I All right, well, there, there you go. Yeah. I, I'm the Hulk as well. I'd fight him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally point. your best chance, isn't it? It's, mm. Yeah, pretty much your only chance. Um, so tell me this. You're going out on tour soon. Um, yeah, I've. I kind of. I ask you this. Or like, I, I have been on tour with you, and got a little bit of that experience and stuff. But um, generally speaking, what's your go-to thing to do when you're on tour? Do you read? Do you listen to music? Do you have a PlayStation on the bus? Do you? Um, I have a PlayStation on the bus most of the time. Um, I'll kind of. It changes a lot. I mean, to I'll be brutally honest with you. Like when we first started, we were just drinking all the time like yeah. pretty much every night standard young lads getting money thing yeah, to do I think basically yeah because you know we were really young and uh, we're still young but I think you can only do that for so long and then when you're on the road for like you know kind of six weeks here and six weeks there it's quite a long time every day on on this tour bus yeah and uh, there's a lot of waiting around your day is cut you're in a different city every day and uh, you kind of you have your morning to yourself and then you do your sound check and then sometimes we'll have interviews and stuff with different people and then we'll have the show and then we'll go to bed most of the, hang around for a bit after with different people or whatever and then go to bed and then wake up and do it again and it's kind of every city so I don't know I don't, I don't really drink on tour at all anymore I'll I'll drink the odd time if I have a day off. Mm. Like there's always time for a session or a party or whatever. But um, yeah, I'll kind of just I'll read different books 
um, listen to podcasts. You generally read like musicians' autobiographies and stuff. Yeah, I kind of read everything and anything. I'll read like. Oh yeah, you read Ready Player One. Ready Player One was unbelievable. Um, yeah. My my girlfriend just randomly came home one day and picked up a book in the airport. Yeah. And uh, she goes, check this out, and it was like virtual reality. Like, and I'm mad into gaming or whatnot. So and mad like, into VR as well. And VR yeah. and all that. So I was like, Daddy, she just thought I'd like it, and I read the book and. Uh, took it on tour and it was unreal and then I found out a few months later that it was being made into a movie directed by Spielberg which was blew my mind yeah. and I loved the movie they left out a lot of things in, in the movie that were in the book though which is a good but they always do that probably couldn't get the licensing thing for a lot of it as well I'd say oh the, some of the yeah a lot of that stuff is kind of references so you're kind of at the mercy of what a studio will allow you to do and stuff like yeah, that yeah and yeah I get you but um, yeah, it was cool. But I think uh, yeah, I read everything and anything. I like horror stories. I like f- science fiction, and then I also like uh, motivational books and like uh, ins- oh, yeah. inspirational books, like Tony Robbins. Um, I like Mitch Album is kind of a cross between the two. Um, Deepak Chopra. Did you ever read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle? Yeah, I read that on tour. I, he, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, I listened to that on my phone and um, I'm, I'm real, like, sceptical. I don't know, what, like, almost to the point of sabotage. But um, I was, like, thinking the whole way through, like, all right, this, this is new age bullshit. This is new age bullshit. And every sentence I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, this book completely speaks to me. And uh, I was kind of like really surprised because I, I can never kind of tap into that level of like you're basically hacking your brain to think a different way. Yeah. And I'm really bad at doing that. They call it waking up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know his story. What does he say at the start? It's a bit weird though. Like to be honest, right? Some of the stuff he says is absolutely amazing and yeah. everybody can relate to it. And yeah. It's really important, you know. Um, but. I just I'm a little bit skeptical about how it happened you know he's just sitting there like in the book he basically says he's going through a really tough time he's lost I think he says he's depressed he, he says that he he can't live with himself and then he he thinks about that and breaks that sentence down and he's like I can't live with myself which means that there must be a duality and two things happening and um <clears throat> that but he has a moment yeah. Where he just kind of, it's like a eureka moment where mm-hmm. it's like, bam. So and then all of a sudden, so does everyone who's ever read himself out he's, he's a different person and he's he's woken up. I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm just a little bit skeptical of that whole thing. But I think, I think, uh, like, in terms of peace of mind and finding yourself and all that stuff, um, is a journey. Yeah. And uh, it's just you take it day by day and step by step and you learn different things. You know, a lot of these books are absolutely... I love Tony Robbins. I think he's absolutely amazing. Um, there's one on... Uh, I love, actually, one of my favourite podcasts is Oprah's uh, Superfood for the Soul. I haven't or actually heard. For, Super Soul Sundays, that's what it's called. Um, she has, like, inspirational people on every Sunday and... Uh, it's amazing. She talks some about, you know, spirituality and what they do. Do they meditate? Do they how are you know, their peace of mind, their Yeah. Have they found balance in life and all this stuff? It's really, really cool, you know. 
Yeah, I kind of... I struggle between finding... Like, there are so many experts in that field that say Oprah is, like, new age and it's kind of garbage and all that stuff. And then, I don't know, like, the the power of now as a book, I like, the whole thing didn't speak to me. I didn't get it. You take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Like anything. But there were a lot of things in it that were objectively true and good and valuable yeah. and stuff. And it's like, I, I think people who... Um, people who say like this is new age and therefore it's bullshit don't fully understand because like conor mcgregor's message about just um uh, visualization vi- yeah visualization and, and affirmations and all of that yeah. I, like, I i'm a kind of a believer in that as well yeah right and, but and again i have i'm skeptical of it as well i think but it's worked for you very well yeah at least it, it, like in the start that's kind of i know that you were a big believer in just I don't even know if that was because you read The Secret, but I remember you just... I read just, it when I was 16, yeah. You used to say something. You used to say, like, I'm going to write a song that's going to do this. And then, like, three months later, you're like, hey, man, I wrote this song called All I Want. And I was like, this yeah, is a good song. Like, I don't know. Like, I think The Secret... I believe in visualization, and I believe that if you go there in your mind, if you don't go there in your mind, you're never going to get there. Yeah. That's so, that, that's what I do for job interviews. Yeah, I, I imagine that I've great. already done it. I walk in, I, I'm on my way into the interview. I'm like, that was great. I fucking nailed that. Like, and they tried to hit me with a curveball question, and I just completely nailed it and all. And then I go in and do the interview. <laughs> and in my head, the whole time, I'm thinking like, I've already got this job, so it's fine. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a great way to be. It works. Like I've gotten like ninety percent of the job. The, like the one time I didn't get the job the fucking two people in the room didn't know that they were looking at someone else's CV. So I was talking for 45 minutes, giving <laughs> them a completely bullshit. different... Yeah, and, and yeah. actually, they still offered me the job like two weeks later anyway, but I said no, because I, I was like, if you've gotten that wrong, <laughs> what else must be wrong? <laughs> that is so, ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's a bad um, I think, like, The Secret, I love... I still listen to The Secret occasionally, and, like, I have a vision board... You know, which is like uh, Katy Perry has one as well. Yeah, I've, I, it's kind of I've had one when I was younger, and I only recently put, had made one again. But it's just, it's I think it's cool because it gets all the goals that you want and things you want to achieve, and they're not just dreams. Once you get them out of your head and onto a piece of paper or whatever, or um, yeah, they exist somewhere in the there, world, and, and then they become they become goals they're not dreams anymore you know they're like things that you can actually achieve and i mean i think the more you think about something like say you want to do uh anything really you know you want to okay you want to run a marathon you know if you constantly think about that and then obviously put it into action you know like starting by running every day you know and blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah um I mean, you can do it. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's not like you imagine something and then it just happens. Yeah. Like, like a genie, you know, yeah, the yeah. wish is granted. But wouldn't it's, that be something? I think it's, it's more of like when you think, when you have a goal and you constantly think about it and you visualize yourself doing it and you can see yourself achieving it and actually every single thing that's happened and when it happens and, um, it, it makes you focus on it more and it makes you work harder and take the steps that you need to take on a daily basis to get to that point. Definitely. If you get me. Yeah. I, I think mean, I think there's nothing but nothing but positivity and like 
that comes nothing but good comes from visualization it's the same with meditation you know yeah i um i'm a huge fan of this guy called sam harris and he's got this book called waking up and in it he details how to meditate it's it's mad because he's like a he's considered a an atheist i mean he is definitely an atheist but he doesn't ever describe himself as an atheist so it's like this weird thing but um he takes a lot from like eastern spirituality stuff like that buddhism yeah Yeah. hindu meditation and um a lot of like buddhist philosophy and that's like he says that anytime he gets stressed it's a good thing that he knows how to meditate because he just de-stresses himself that way it's actually amazing yeah i'd love to get into it but there's just some weird barrier that stops me from doing it like i i just can't be alone in a room that has a games console and a phone and two tvs and a computer and all those things are in my room (laughs) it's it's just hard to switch off yeah reverse distractions i think like you know um headspace that app is amazing yeah, I have one called Rain Sounds. And That's the thing about right. Rain Sounds is good, but and it can help you zone out. And I've used that. But you know, look, it's it's everybody's different, and everybody has to yeah. find their own thing. Yeah, that's the main thing. But yeah. Rain Sounds is cool and it's uh, relaxing. But what Headspace does is it shows you how to meditate, and it tells you. And like, if you're, you know, you do it. It's just really, really good. I mean you're saying there's some sort of barrier there just do it mm. like the guy when he's talking to you he'll be like i know your mind is wandering now but it's okay yeah you know it's you have to train your brain the brain is a muscle like any other muscle in your body and meditating is like going to the gym for your for your brain yeah you know so it's kind of like when you start off your mind like be wandering and you might be thinking about worrying about stuff like stress about different things that are going on and can't switch off but the more you do it the more you will notice that you're starting to switch off you train yourself yeah yeah. and then eventually you come to a point like i I still my mind races like crazy Mm. but when my when i get too overwhelmed or too anxious or too stressed out i'll just force myself to do like a 10 minute um meditation where i literally just sit there and like put on headphones listen to headspace and switch off and try my best to switch off and i guarantee you every single time i've done it anyway after that 10 minutes i don't feel completely de-stressed but i'm like 60 percent better than i was wow and that's just in 10 minutes yeah i should give it a go (laughs) a serious go i'll download that app it's really loads of people use it i couldn't recommend it anymore it's great you know um so you said you have a playstation on tour i do yeah what's your what's your what is your go-to game at the moment well Well, you also have a playstation here (laughs) the last tour i did i was obsessed with rocket league i just played it all the fucking time yeah i still love it but um it's an unbelievable game it's just addictive yeah Um, it's like it's such a like it is literally what it what it says that, that it is it's football with cars but there's something about it like i don't know it's like it's not even that hard to get good at it and like you're uh, constantly the, the pushing air, yourself the aerial stuff that's hard yeah but yeah, like but, it, but it's not hard to be like passable at it i'd say yeah you can get through a game yeah, yeah. once it's when you start first start it's like what the hell is going on yeah yeah and 
you can just kind of be like, oh, this, this is bullshit. I'm not doing this. My my first ever game of Rocket League is actually on YouTube, and it's I'm terrible at it. I didn't oh, yeah. know I didn't know how to how to turn the camera so that it auto follows the ball. Oh my <laughs> so, god! Yeah, very bad. How but, did you even? You must have just been driving. Yeah, pretty much. I can't yeah. see the ball at all. Like. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, wasn't pretty. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not gonna lie. Um, at the moment, I love. Uh, PUBG yeah I'm obsessed I'm really bad at it like awful but you only just got it didn't you I only just started it yeah uh, on the Xbox but then on Playstation I I like Fortnite Mm. which is pretty similar to PUBG yeah Fortnite's amazing I started playing Fortnite four weeks ago um, or two Fortnites ago if you like and ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, that's a little bit of wordplay, you know. Wow. See, I, I took the. Did you? Were you saving that one there? I wrote it down in the a car week, on the way here. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was saving that. I said, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna save that. <laughs> that joke is it even a joke? It's is a, it supposed to be. Well, a joke? it's more of a masterpiece. Um, like it's just pure genius. <laughs> wordsmith. Yeah, it's it, what a wordsmith would call it, pure genius. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, I look yeah. forward to seeing it in the liner notes of your new album. Um, uh, just yeah. a testament to my wit so, and okay. you know intellectual supremacy. So that you started Fortnite a fortnight ago, two fortnights ago. Two fortnights. Which is even yeah. it, it that's actually dual layered, right? Because a fortnight is two weeks and I played it two fortnights ago, so it's two two weeks ago. Which is and two plus two equals four no, and it's fortnight. No, okay, now my head now my brain is sore. Um <laughs> let's backtrack to the to the game. Yeah. It's a great game. It's a quality game. <laughs> so um yeah, I, I only awesome. started playing it very recently, so I, like I'm bad at it. I I can't build quickly or whatever, but Either like can I, oh, yeah. it's so good though. I, like I can't stop playing it. It's there, there's something like I used to play a hell of a lot of Call of Duty and yeah, great I, game. Yeah, but the, the more they kept coming out, the less good I was getting at them. Like I was passable at Modern Warfare Two to the point where, like, my KD would probably be like two. I'd say. Oh, you know they're remaking Modern, Modern Warfare, Warfare Two, but they're yeah. not releasing multiplayer with it. What? It's just the fucking campaign. What? <laughs> yeah. You're joking. No, I swear to God. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's. I applaud it. I think it's a wait, fantastic decision. Why are they doing that? Because they are wait, stupid. Wait, 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 wait. It's, it's obviously coming out as an add-on to the new... If it is, they haven't announced it. So they're just making the campaign. Yeah. They're putting it out. What I think, what I think is that they're afraid of what spreading all their... That, <laughs> that's bullshit. It is bullshit. <laughs> like, Modern Warfare 2 is like... It's, it's, I know a lot of people say COD 4, but Modern Warfare 2 is the best one. And I want yeah. it complete remastered with all of its bullshit, like all of the sh- stupid things that you hate in it. I want them all in it. Just as is. Yeah, I want One Man Army Danger Close. I want Scavenger Claymores. I want every single fucking thing that people hate about it because that's what made it great. Um, awesome game. But they're not going to do it. <laughs> but I, th- I think they're afraid of spreading all their users across eight different fucking games or whatever because like, it's ridiculous now. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. That does make sense. I think you're right, actually. But it doesn't, though. No, I mean, they <laughs> like, should it, make it. May, it. Yeah, it makes but, logistical I mean, yeah, sense. For but fans I mean, of the game, they well, should make it. There's like 30 million Call of Duty players or something. Like, Just fucking let them at it. Like, <laughs> It's yeah. not going to harm anyone. I still play... Um, I got the new Call of Duty, the one... World War Two, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I still just play Modern Warfare Remastered. 
Yeah, dude. That's that's the only one. I, I, I That came with that other fucking Call of Duty game, and I never even... In, Infinity? No. Yeah. Inf- Is it Infinity? Infinite Warfare. Infinite Warfare, yeah. yeah. I never even played. I played that twice, and then I went straight to Modern Warfare. I, I never even played it. I like the on. zombie game, though. I never played it. Zombies is cool. Yeah, uh, zombies is not my game. It's too slow for me, and it's too. It takes too long, and there are zombies after me, (laughs) and I don't like it. But um, is there any games you're looking forward to this year? You should get into PUBG. I hope it comes out for uh, for PlayStation PlayStation, eventually. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. Um, like I only just got into Fortnite, so that's kind of taken up all my energy now. Like every time a game comes out, I buy it and I never play it, and I'm. I'm really sick of doing that. Like it's some kind of illness. <laughs> I I do it as well. Yeah, it's it's. I, don't I know. remember I got a. Oh, I've done that with a few games. Actually, one of the best I, I completed actually was the Resident Evil Biohazard in VR. Yeah, I can talk about that a little bit. On on PlayStation VR. I I got the VR headset. I I completed that game and I couldn't play it by myself. I can't I play it at all. I get I, shot myself. Yeah, like you find it scary. I get motion sickness. That then that's the only game I get motion sickness on. It's so oh, fucking man, that's annoying. That's the best VR game at the moment. It's it's it's, it's hard for me because I get migraines. Uh, if I don't like, it's not gonna help the view. Yeah, like yeah. you see this computer, this big orange glow on the screen because I need this thing called flux. Um, to so that my eyes adjust to the darkness and the light and all, because like I have real problems with my eyes, um, and the VR, it's like they're always strained. Even it fits properly, like it's properly assembled and all, but yeah. it's just not. It just doesn't do the job. Um, Shit, bro. But all the other things on it are great. The shark thing was fucking unbelievable. The London heist and that new game that comes out, I'm excited for that. There, that's a good answer to your question, actually. London um, heist full game. Yeah. Have you yeah, seen any clips of it? You have yeah, to like I, reload guns and I played the um I obviously completed the demo yeah. or whatever and it's unbelievable. Mm. But do you know what? I never used the did you get the motion sensors? Nah. I have the motion sensors. I couldn't take myself seriously sitting in my room using them. <laughs> I have to I have to put the blind down when I have the VR headset on because I'm afraid people are gonna think I'm watching some Korean porn or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't know oh man i mean it's vr is the future i hope so but it is like uh, it i just is it i fear we're not seeing enough new titles no, we're not but it's go it's going to be like give so. it give it 10 years i reckon people will be walking into like gamers will be walking into their rooms like ready player one sticking a a helmet on putting like standing on this thing and running but isn't it mad the way you like get, you get exercise now as well it'd be deadly like isn't it mad the way in this era of gaming uh, the power of the consoles and everything and the two games we play the most are fortnite and rocket league which were two free games graphics aren't great one of them is a remake of a playstation one game and one of them is you know could exist on any console realistically like it, yeah. it's not about the actual process and power and like it's about I, the game yeah and that's, I, I love that i like i, I just I, I feel the same about p um pubg as well PUBG, yeah i think i the, need to like, play that more the graphics aren't great no it's you um, don't play it for the it's, graphics it's oh and it's the same with fortnite it's all about the the game mm. it's just it's you know the battle royale thing yeah that's you know, it, you that, land, that's the it's so thing. simple you land on an island 100 people last man standing go for it did you ever see the movie battle royale Brilliant. Uh, the Japanese yeah. one 
Um, yeah, I watched it years ago. Yeah, I fucking love that film. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. It's probably it's, a, in it's like, kind of like a cult classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so you play PUBG on Fortnite. Yeah. Do you watch people stream it? Um, I only started kind of watching other people. I really like it, and the only reason I really like it is because. I'm awful at the game. Yeah, I yeah. get so frustrated. I, I'm going. Oh, look, it's a learning process. You know, the more <laughs> the more we play it, the better we'll get, and it's good fun and all that. You know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think Ninja is really cool. Did you see that Drake joined his stream recently? Yeah, I've seen that. It's awesome. Would you ever do something like that? Yeah, probably would. I, I've been thinking about setting up a Twitch and, uh, and live streaming on Twitch. Yeah, live streaming some of the games and uh, just chatting or whatever, you know. You should definitely do that. Yeah, no, I will. Like, I might do it on... I, I prefer, see, if I did it on Rocket League, I'm pretty good at Ro- Rocket League. Yeah, yeah. And then Fortnite, I'm not so good, and I kind of want to get a little bit better. Yeah, before you go. Before and, I do it, because yeah. it'll just be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> just know. Just dying like, all the time. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. Like, um, I obviously used to be a person who uploaded games on YouTube all the time, and I've wanted to transition to streaming for a long time, but I really feel like I'm not good enough at the games, and I'm also just not willing to capitalize on whatever's coming out like i'm not the type of person who's like oh fortnite is really popular i'm gonna start streaming that because i'd feel like i'm just not really good enough at it um and that really fucking holds me back and it shouldn't because like people will watch me play it you know but i don't know it's it's really weird you're pretty good at a lot of games most games mm. like fifa you're pretty good call of duty you're awesome yeah um rocket league pretty damn good those are games that I've put a lot of effort into like FIFA especially I got to a stage from doing FIFA on YouTube where like I got really really good at that game um, against like I, I played on legendary difficulty and won pretty much every game and won the league with Leicester and people left because they said it was too unrealistic and then it happened in real life so um, <laughs> just very bitter about that but uh, <laughs> that literally happened Guess. So, um, yeah so um, why don't you set up a Twitch account? Just do it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I will actually, fuck it. Yeah, I may as well. I mean, yeah, I've been thinking about thinking about it for a while, so I may as well just do it. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Like, you, like if you had a setup with, like, two monitors, you play away, look at the chat in one monitor, and make sure the stream is all right in the other, and just answer people's questions and shit, like, people would watch that, like... Yeah, well, cool. People who are fans of you and stuff. Well, do you want to one day? I mean, come over and we'll just set something up. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, let's do that. Be good crack. Yeah, I've already got an account with five hundred followers, so. Cool. We can, we can awesome. Go right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um. Maybe start with Rocket League. Yeah, <laughs> might be the best thing to do. We'll, well do, do a couple of like just warm ups on Rocket League, and then we'll switch over to Fortnite. Yeah, I, I wanna. <laughs> I I I'd love to play like one of the things i really love about online gaming is how interactive it is like i love just getting a a party together with my friends and then we go on and and fuck shit up and i really love the interactive nature of streaming and the way people are right there in the chat like and they're with you the whole way and like i love being that person for other people too like there's a a few i i kind of only watch age of empires 2 streamers now um i don't really watch any other games but what i was saying about watching watching twitch or whatever i love watching it but well 
first because there's a lot of cool people on it you yeah. know you can come across some cool yeah, people yeah yeah but um mainly but the only reason I started watching it was because I was so bad at Fortnite and PUBG that I just wanted to see watch people who were good at it yeah but that but that's <laughs> like if you think about it the whole YouTube gaming community and what it became is built off of that exact thing is people yeah. saying like I'm not that good I'm gonna look up how to play and then they stay for the person's personality like yeah, that's what keeps true, them yeah. there like it's, it's like they are friends with them or something like it's uh, yeah, it's cool yeah it's I, no I it's it's it. it's actually amazing like one of the weirdest things about the internet is the way that everything is so open and like you can talk to anybody about anything and yeah. yet we've like people are kind of split up into little networks that are divided by like politics or favorite band or whatever but when it comes to streaming people are just like this guy's good at this game and he's funny so I'll follow you know what I mean it's not yeah. there's no like it, it's just, it doesn't come out of malicious no bullshit. yeah exactly yeah. like it's uh, it's just fun and you know well I mean you do get trolls and stuff uh, yeah. sometimes but yeah. it's the internet. for the most part it's it's actually cool you know yeah I've played with some awesome people online just random games and they're just cool yeah you know and then it's like play a couple of games and then never talk to them again and then it's but yeah it's cool so, you know it right, is take yeah. it easy man yeah Great game. awesome cool like some when especially when you play fortnite and you play duos or squads and you're just playing by yourself you get matched up with a random person yeah and you just play a game and that's it you never see the person again yeah. but for that game you're like all right we need to do this i know and you're when you're playing the game you're like dude yeah what are you doing <laughs> yeah what the hell man get the, get the feck over here you know yeah. and it's like all right good game cool cheers bye yeah yeah it's uh it's it's have a good life yeah <laughs> enjoy the rest of your life don't kill anybody yeah, yeah it's mad um i was gonna ask you like stuff about music i don't even know like what what music are you listening to at the moment any um, is there any like favorites going around any new album out that you're listening to i'm actually genuinely struggling to think i've kind of, of like to be honest i've gone through uh I just I have my favorite music and I know what it is. Mm. And as a songwriter, I kind of listen to everything. I yeah. kind of push myself to listen to everything because you never stop learning as a songwriter. And you know, That's even so, like yeah. different styles of music have different rhythms in their lyrics and stuff and melodies. Yeah. Um, which I kind of find fascinating. Um, but music that actually gets me is just kind of, and it comes across in a lot of the code line stuff. The slow emotional kind of stuff you know yeah. uh, like on Spotify I love the coffee coffee shop playlists oh the, man there's another one called campfire playlist which I yeah. like it's real chill you know they properly have it made on Spotify like it, it's yeah. such a good platform for actually finding new music like I found so many of my favourite artists just from going on Spotify and clicking a random playlist yeah you just stumble across anybody it's really really cool yeah um, it's deadly. I think, like, I, I love, like, singer-songwriter stuff and old-school stuff. Yeah. Like, stuff my dad introduced me to, Neil Young, Billy Joel, Bruce Springsteen, The Beatles, The Eagles. I've never heard of The Beatles. Uh, Who are they? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, like, just kind of Jackson Brown, I love it. Any singer-songwriters but I've always been a fan of songs more so than artists I'll just yeah. fall in love with an individual song and uh, I'll just get obsessed with it and I'll listen to it over and over and over again 
Yeah, that's um, interesting. As a teenager, there was a song by Five for Fighting, Superman. Superman, yeah. That I just listened that's a to over and over again. There was another song by a guy called Ray LaMontagne called Jolene, which I just listened to over and over again. Um, and then I end up like writing songs similar to them, like unknowingly, just yeah. because I've listened to it so much. Man, I, I used to write poems and... I once sat down and wrote this poem and I was like that is fucking the best thing I've ever written in my entire life and then like I don't know like two or three days later I was on the bus and I put on this song by a band called Our Lady Peace they're probably uh, probably my second favourite band in the world if not my favourite and I fucking heard the lyrics to this song and I was like shit that's what I wrote on my poem. <laughs> like, how fucking stupid is my brain that I didn't realize that I'd already known this shit and it was in there and that I fished it out in a different context. I like it. Yeah, but you wrote your own interpretation of a similar thing. I I literally stole one lyric word for word, but well, unknowingly, like. Yeah. That's just really weird, isn't it? Like. Yeah. I don't well, know. it's just it happens. I I've sat down and written songs before and then uh, I'd be really excited about it and then somebody would say no that sounds exactly like this song and then I'll go oh shit it actually fucking is that sounds like Humble by Kendrick Lamar <laughs> oh yeah shit oh Jesus it's the exact same quote no but uh, people like out now I, I, I kind of like Post Malone mm, he's cool I think he's really cool I think his sound is awesome it's original Um got some great songs uh Anne Marie I think is cool I think her voice is amazing she's got some cool songs Julia Michaels I like that issue song um a lot lots lots of kind of pop music I've been listening to but I still go back to the stuff I grew up on you know at yeah. the end of the day like if I'm to stick on a song that I did on my own in my house and I'm just chilling I'll probably stick on like um, something like Springsteen or Jackson Brown yeah or, or Eric Clapton what's your favourite voice voice like just your favourite voice to listen to Sam Cooke yeah that's a good one the, or um, any any of the old soul singers are abs- Aretha Franklin I do like um, Stevie Nicks like one yeah. of my favourite songs is Landslide yeah that's an absolute like, tune um I like her voice. I like there's who who's out now that has a great voice. Um, Ariana Grande. Well, her voice is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and like it's, you know, it is ridiculous. It's, it's outrageous. Mm. It's phenomenal. And she like, can do like any fucking. Have you heard her do impressions of other people's voices? Yeah, on? she's outrageous. Yeah, it's her just voice it's, is yeah. stupid. It's it, it's just stupid. Like she could sing anything, but yeah. um, yeah. I mean, it's a favorite voice. I'm trying to think like sometimes you hear a voice that isn't necessarily that good at singing but it's the tone of the voice yeah I agree it just gets you or it sounds unique like uh, I'm trying to think of someone like a, per- a perfect a perfect example is What a Wonderful World oh so, yeah I see trees yeah, yeah. And green that's a pretty sweet voice though yeah but it's he, he doesn't ha- he doesn't go high he doesn't mm. go low he's almost talking yeah, but that's his, true. His voice is so distinct and so original. It's like, what? But it's such a beautiful song as well. Yeah, and there's so much emotion in his voice. You can hear that he means it. 
and it's just beautiful it's just a beautiful song it's one of my favorite songs that's what but, I, um, I wonder like when he was writing that song you know did the lyrics basically write themselves because the music represents so. them so well that's I'd like so. that's really I was listening to um, you know 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins yeah and like it's it's his voice is so unique yeah it is well, it's like yeah it is really unique yeah um, it's like it's when you hear it you're like it's impossible to sing along to it's <laughs> so like I can't do that with my voice like it, it almost hurts it, it's crazy yeah. but, today is the greatest yeah. <laughs> day I ever known but that but 1979 is a song about nostalgia and that weird gap between childhood and adulthood where you're totally free but you're also unhappy and you don't realize how free you are and um you can tell that before he even says a single word just the do 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 do, do. like the track itself sounds like nostalgia yeah. and it makes me think like did he hear that and go this is a song about nostalgia i'm just gonna i this stuff. think right nobody really does that i don't like but it's so important for the music to be emotionally where the vocal is yeah and the sentiment of the vocal and the lyric and i think you can do that like and i completely get what you're saying when you say it sounds nostalgic yeah it's like, weird you know yeah. like it's like saying look okay if, if the music is really sad you're hardly gonna sing really happy and but, but you can there's nine, no rules 1979 but like, it, it, as a song is that really weird bridge right where it's pretty much a sad song but it's also happy. A better example, actually, is um, the Boys of Summer. That oh, song yeah, yeah, is yeah. sad and happy at the same time, and the music perfectly represents a sad slash happy song. Do 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 do. Like it's just it walks a line between the two emotions, and I don't and like. You know, he obviously came up with that tune and was like, "This song is sad and happy at the same time." What's <laughs> well, something that's probably that's how he was feeling. Mm. I mean, you know, great music is just capturing a feeling and an emotion. Yeah. You know, like it's a good lyric is a summary of a of a good story. Like, you know? can I borrow a feeling by Milhouse's dad? <laughs> can I borrow? <laughs> Touch my hand well, with like, your gloves. Some songs are incredible lyrically, and the lyric does the work, you know. But then other songs, it's uh, you know, it's you can get away with it just with a really strong melody yeah but yeah. um uh, what's what the f- i just went completely blank there what, what, what were you saying <laughs> we were talking about the bible oh for fuck's sake <laughs> fuck that no um the oh yeah right now a, a good song for me anyway as a songwriter is when it's just real you know it's an emotion so you're saying about boys of summer you know it's sad happy he probably just felt that way and then ended up writing all the music what what were you thinking when you wrote the answer i think that's like the that that's a good example of a song that's sad and happy at the same time because it's Um, like self-aware but also somber and it's like well that song is just about life for me mm. at the time like there's a lyric and it's like i'm not like in the verses i'm just making observations where it's like watch your step or you might fall but I'm kind of talking about myself. Yeah. Saying, you act like you're a know-it-all. And then I'm saying, yeah, I used to do that. Uh, yeah, I used to do that. I used to be like that. I'm still a bit like that. Yeah. So And then I'm just saying, like, and then it's a, the next line's about love. You might think you found the one until your heart gets ripped and torn. 
yeah I used to feel bad I used to feel like that I still feel a bit like that and it's just random observations kind of um, about for me they're about life and what I was going through and then in the course I'm like I'm not searching for the answer I'm not trying to fucking go all deep and fucking figure something out I'm just talking through a speaker I'm singing through a microphone that's what I meant you know there's a really cool thing that's all that I've ever done you know just talking through a microphone singing I've noticed that a lot of your songs have like a sister song with it Um, like I think uh, Take Control is very well linked with um, One Day Uh, and I think the answer there's a track you had called What It Is and I think those two songs go together really well. And it's almost like the person singing the answer is talking to the person who's singing what it is, almost. Like there's some weird connection between the two of them. Like they're both like, this is just something that's happening and this is well, my yeah, perspective they, of they, it. They, they have a similar theme. Yeah, they're not it's preachy, kind of like, but they're, they're not preachy. Observational. They're making observations and then just saying, look, I'm not, I'm just doing like... In the course of the answer, it's I'm not searching for the answer. I'm not looking for the truth. I'm just talking through a speaker because that's all that I've ever learned to do. Yeah, and that's like me. I'm just I don't know. I'm not trying to fucking preach here. I'm not trying to tell you to do anything. I'm just singing and speaking my mind. I'm singing through this microphone and playing music because that's all that I know how to do. That's all that I got. Yeah, you know, and that's what I'm saying. That course, and then in the course and what it is, I'm making. I'm you know in the verses I'm telling just stories about stuff yeah. observations and stuff that I'm going through like heavy stuff and then I'm like fuck it in the chorus it's like look whatever Yeah. maybe I'll die young but yeah that's just the way it goes Um. maybe I'll die maybe you'll, you'll die young before you all yeah that's just the way it is but nobody's gonna tell you how to live yeah. so it's kind of like just whatever it's everybody lives their own life and you make your own choices, you make your own mistakes, you do whatever, and then you just, look, go with it, you know? Yeah. Nobody, but nobody should tell you what to do. You just, like, that's, you know. Yeah. I, I wrote what it is really fucking fast. Um, Was that, did you write that when you were in America on tour? Yeah, I, I think I wrote it. I wrote the verses on tour and then left them, like, really quickly, just one night on the bus. Yeah. And then we came home and we needed another song and I was like yeah okay write this and then I just finished it like there and then and then just threw it down but that's how a lot of the songs kind of came so like a lot on the first album kind of like they were just thrown out you know yeah yeah quick and second album I suppose but what do you uh, what do you make of the songs on this third album um, are you excited are you I'm, I'm really excited like we've we've changed our sound a lot but I think it's still very cold line I think for fans that we do have they'll love the album because there's enough songs on the album that are very kind of very much what we've done before yeah it could have been on the first album or kind of emotional stuff acoustic stuff Um, it's a good mix there's some songs on it that are like totally way out of our comfort zone and for us it was quite challenging to actually commit to doing a song like that yeah I'd um, say so but it's I think it's the only way it, we have to do that in order to p- 
push ourselves and, and grow as writers and musicians just kind of get out of our comfort zone well, and try new stuff there are like I, I can probably name like five bands who didn't change their sound but continued to be successful really? well no two ACDC Motorhead um, who else has like just sounds the same like I, I actually can't think of any like uh, Naz's album Life is Good does sound like old school hip hop it's a great callback and that's a great example of a man who's capable of still being at his best but then there's like a lot of albums in between that are sort of like eh take it or leave it but he still had to leave his comfort zone like I, I can't like literally ACDC and Motorhead are the only bands that I can think of that you know I can't think of any Iron Maiden, maybe. I guess it's like I mean, rock there's music. Certain, that specific? There's certain things that make every band unique. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm thinking of Kings of Leon. And they changed drastically on their third album, and they changed again on their fourth. Um, but your man's voice... Which is a Caleb. Who sings? Caleb Falwell, yeah. His, he's, his, he's still there. That's, that's one of my favourite rock voices. He's amazing. That yeah. band are fucking amazing. Every like the bass player is incredible. The drummer's so musical. Guitar player's deadly. Do you know what I love about them is that they really fucking know how to close an album. Like on one of them, there's Arizona, and the other one, Back Down South. Back Down South is one of my fucking favorite songs. In the yeah, world. yeah. I just love it. It's a fucking hoedown. And what, what, like a barn dance, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm going back down south now. You know, and they're from the south. And, it, uh, you know, I just get the feeling of, like, fucking carefree happiness. Yeah, they're, same. They're, they're going back home, you know? That's where they're from. It's it's just a great song. It's just that southern swagger that they have. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I really think they need to bring that out more in their albums, almost. I kind of... The last album passed me by. Um, I just I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, I didn't. I will listen to it because I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of passed me by. What other? You're a big fan of Biffy Clyro, aren't you? Um, I really like Biffy Clyro. Yeah, but again, see, I'm not like I'm not really a big fan of a lot of artists. I'm a fan of songs. Songs, yeah. Like I love. Many a horror, and I love machines. Machines is an. I absolute... started falling yeah. apart. Dude, to stop I life. saw them live. I forgot. <clears throat> Was it? I forgot. I've forgotten how good it can be to oh, feel man, alive. That song just gets me. That's that entire album. So it's called Puzzle, and the whole album is about his response to his mother dying. And I, it's incredible. every single track, like there's little clues and hints and it like it's so fitting that it's called puzzle because you put all the pieces together and then you find out exactly what he's singing about the whole time and it's just this broken man and the album cover is a guy with the p- jigsaw yeah with the jigsaw around. around and he's got his head in his hands yeah. and it's like you're trying to figure out why he's so unhappy and you put up like it's a fucking masterpiece of an album yeah. like i can't get over how much i love it and um i love that band yeah they're incredible i saw them live and machines like i've seen them live i played this a few festivals and they were on the bill as well did you get to meet them at all uh yeah Really? They're absolutely the soundest bunch of lads ever. Really? That's so uh, cool. Their drummer actually, their drummer's brother is our drum tech at the moment. No way. Um, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. He's, he's awesome. That's quality. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's deadly. And he was with Biffy Clyro from the start, you know, and he goes there not torn at the moment, so yeah, he kind of came over to work with us, which is cool. That's so yeah, they're probably just they just had their album out. I think it's like probably like two they're years ago at this yeah. stage, but like they're probably working on a new one or maybe they they're always touring. I'm yeah, sure they're yeah, they're a really good live band too. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. really, really good. Um, yeah, geez, I, I uh, but. I had this question in my head. I don't know, like, how... The answer is no. (laughs) But please, I'll do a spoken word exhibit. People will love it. No. (laughs) Not after last time. But I'm still going to shoot you through a code of Serious. On a serious note, if if there are any uh, budding musicians listening, how do you end up on a support bill for a a band like Codaline? Like... How does that process start? Who do they go to or whatever? Um, there's a number of ways. Yeah. We have the final say as the band. Always, in every case. Pretty much, yeah. Wow, um, cool. Like, we were very lucky. We, the first ever tour, we were rehearsing in a, uh, in like a, 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 an abandoned school, an old pre, dilapidated prefab. And uh, we had all our gear there, and we were there, like, rehearsing every single day. And then uh, we kind of signed with this booking agent, and we didn't know it was going to happen. Then we just got a call saying, do you want to support the Cranberries in France? Whoa. And uh, it was an arena tour, so we went from playing to nobody, just ourselves. And then all of a sudden we were in France doing a whole tour with the Cranberries, playing arenas. Man. Um, And it was amazing, you know. And I think they they heard our music and they asked us specifically. That's to, so cool. You know, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. You know? When when I heard about Dolores passing away, it was shocking, like horrible. I think the entire nation found yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, like it, even on the tour, like she kind of kept to herself, but uh, you know, I I think I met her twice on the whole tour, but she was lovely, you know, and her voice, like I watched them pretty much every night. And her voice is just phenomenal. She never lost it. Oh, God. Yeah. Man. Just, like, unbelievable. Yeah, I watched her play um, some show. It was like a YouTube live stream. And it was like, it was in it's, it, 2016. It, yeah. And, her like, she completely just, had it. Like, yeah. you, like she just did it's, not. If anything, it's almost better. Yeah. It's, like, stronger. Yeah, it's, it's got it's got more pain in there or something. Like, power, yeah. She, yeah. I mean... What a band, you know, and amazing guys, and they're they're really nice and welcoming to us, and we we're just kind of this new band, you know, like mm. deer in headlights, not really knowing what was yeah, going on, yeah. just kind of like, holy shit, we're playing a gig, and this is massive, and oh my god, I remember after every show we went out to the lobby like with our CDs, trying to sell them to the fans. No way. And you know, um, it was deadly. It was a real sink or swim moment, as I said, for us, like live. Yeah. And we had to really tighten up we were we were all right you know but we had to tighten up fast like and each show was kind of a test we kind of just put ourselves out there yeah i think you guys got a lot of recognition for that in the early days because the codaline live experience is a lot different to the cd like it's totally different yeah uh, we, we kind of live for our, our live shows yeah like you guys do free gigs all the time you busk all the time all of that stuff yeah it's, um, but our big shows are like they're shows yeah no they're quality you know, they're yeah. not um, 
it's not just playing songs like we change songs live like yeah we, like pray yeah. earlier like yeah, and that was on your first tour we're we're a band you know like we you know we will jam like little we'll extend songs and mess around and play off the crowd yeah i want to just say this to to anyone listening right who's going to see codeline on on their you know over the next year or whatever um however they tour in support of the third album um (laughs) don't be don't leave when they're finished playing all i want like stay for like an extra 40 seconds and uh you'll witness like the one of the best live experiences that i've ever seen um because i remember in marley park um i was in the crowd and you finished all i want and there's always people that leave before the last song and stuff like that and i just don't get that why are you doing that obviously to avoid the traffic and stuff well, i've i've done it for other bands and parents i thought you were gonna say you've done it in your own band <laughs> that'd be weird yeah <laughs> but um yeah, so like they leave and then they they miss the the extended probably, outro. Like, I remember, like it makes sense. So I remember I went to see the Stone Roses in uh, Marley Park and Phoenix Park. Phoenix Park, yes, it was. Phoenix I was there. Park. Yeah, that that's a, that was an incredible game. I I stayed for the whole show, but then like I was going to leave like a couple of songs before the end. Mm. I just wanted to hear. Um, fucking she's a waterfall and i want to be adored and oh, there's a couple others but um anyway i heard them all and i was like all right awesome and then uh, i was going to go but i decided to stay yeah but then it took me six hours to get home <sighs> six hours i walked and i was covered in mud what where what like i walked i, I, I walked to dublin city center yeah so did i did you get a cab? No, no, no. I, we walked out of Phoenix Park and there was some fucking absolute cunt hole shaking a fucking tambourine, um, which I know you think that that's a real musical instrument, but I fucking hate it. They're awesome. Um, yeah. I, I know <laughs> you think make that. or break a chorus. I know that you... I, <laughs> if it's in it or not. Me but talking yeah. to an actual musician. Nah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> but um, there was some somebody in the like on that journey, that walk out of phoenix park just and i i was gonna take it out of his hands and strangle him with it shove it down his throat um <laughs> but anyway yeah i w- walked out i didn't even know what direction to go in walked the wrong way for a bit then walked towards st james's gate and then i just looked for the lewis and followed the lewis track back into the city center and then got a taxi back to storage from there uh see my problem was i was with a mate of mine and we were so filthy no uh, taxis would take no you. No taxi would take us. We so even went into right. a McDonald's on Craft Street and tried to clean as much as we possibly could, but yeah. we were so filthy that no taxi would take us, so we walked home. You walked from town to Swords? From Phoenix Park to Swords. Jesus. Yeah. What fucking route did you go down by the airport? That um, it's true century like. Yeah. Past, oh my past god. Card City. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck were you doing <laughs> no that, nobody would take us i don't know and then i don't know it was just an unlucky night yeah but now now right the whole leaving the concert thing for ever since then i'm kind of like yeah maybe i should leave <laughs> <laughs> so people have their reasons bro yeah okay you know? jeez um but i never answered the question about um how to get on the support bill. yeah i think it mainly comes from the band like We've had a lot of people support us, like Gav James is a singer-songwriter from Ireland, and uh, I used to go into town and watch him 
play when he played in this bar years ago and like when we when I was in my old band like we I played a couple of shows around Dublin and stuff and played in bars and we often crossed paths yeah but um I wanted him to join the band at one point um as a bass player and then last minute he turned it down and this was Codaline but then it's probably it's it's a good thing that he didn't join because he's an amazing he's uh, quality singer songwriter he's, he's, he's absolutely awesome. unbelievable and he's gone on to play big shows around the world yeah. and all that and, but um yeah he just fucking we took him on tour in the UK we were having a point in town and he just goes do you want to take after like an acoustic show and he was like uh, I don't know I don't know how it happened we just said yeah whatever come on tour let's yeah. go let's do it he came to the UK, I think he did two UK tours with us, and then we brought him to America, and he did an American tour with us. Um, there's a couple other bands, like The Academic are an awesome band, uh, great songs, great live band, they support us a few times. We just were big fans of theirs, yeah. like, we were like, these guys are deadly, let's bring them on tour. Um, James Bay supported us in the UK on... Yeah, yeah. You, you, you had a tour with James Bay James. and Hudson Taylor on the same Yeah, Hudson bill. Taylor, another one there, awesome. Um, but yeah, we got, I think, yeah, James Bay supported us for two two tours. He was, the first one, he was on his own, and the second one, he had a band around him. Yeah. But he was just cool, you know, he was amazing voice. He was great songs, and he was a really cool guy as well. I was not, cool, um, man. On the first tour, I, I think I was on both of those tours with you. And the first one, I was like, I don't like. I was like, James Bay just doesn't do it for me. And then the, when he had the band, when he had the band, I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Like the, the 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 songs just completely transformed. Like that makes such a difference. Yeah. Um. And now I'm like, yeah, James Bay is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's great, yeah. yeah, it's mad how much of a difference that makes. But um, um yeah, we've had. I, it's really just. I mean. <sighs> If you if you meet a band or if you can get your CD or, or not your CD if you can get your demos or your SoundCloud address to or whatever or just if you can get any band to listen to your music um you know that gives you a good chance of getting on the support or if you know somebody in a band or if you or if you have a cousin who knows somebody in a band you know yeah, yeah. Um, connections like we we've kind of like Gav was our mate you know and we were, but he also happens to be awesome and we were just like <laughs> Gav's a great guy bro, yeah come along bro you know he's a great guy all around, I've, you know? I've met Gav like I think one time ever like actually introduced and, and had like a minute long conversation or something uh, and pretty much every time I see him since he's like oh hey man and like gives me a hug and all like just cool. super cool guy but then like we have who else did we have we had Overhead the Albatross who are an instrumental band from Dublin who are really really cool I think they're like Sigur Ross who are another band I'm a huge fan of yeah um, but yeah. Dave Dave kind of he's one of the musicians in the band and he kind of uh, he writes a lot of the music and stuff but they are right but um, he he's now our, he's our kind of unofficial fifth member of Codeline when we play live really Dave but that's his band and we we're kind of like, yeah, feck it, dude. You know, come on, let's. Yeah, yeah. You can support us or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's just friends really, or or music that we like. If some like, um, yeah, 
I don't know. It's yeah, music we like and friends. Yeah. People we know and stuff. That's and I, cool. I think it's the same with all bands. Yeah, yeah. Like we the the support tours that we got. Uh, we got a support tour in America with a band called Airborne Toxic Event. They're cool. I like them a lot. And that was awesome. That was one of our first... It was our first time in America doing a tour. And uh, it was because the lead singer, who's the songwriter and all that for that band, um, he was obsessed with All I Want. He just loved it. Really? And he was coming up to... Like, I was chatting to him, and he's like, that song is absolutely amazing, you know? And I heard it, and I just had to invite you guys. So it was just... It was That's awesome, awesome man. Yeah. That must be so humble. Oh, yeah, it was steady. But we, again, we were just like... Holy shit. So it's kind of like your advice is your advice to like literally just make good music and um, like just get not, yourself not out even there. just if you re- if you're really passionate about it and you really want to be want to be a musician or a songwriter or or do you want to be in a band, you know, kind of get an idea of what you want to do. Songs are very very important. Um I think you know you can learn how to construct a pop song. It's not rocket science. There, there are rules and structures that are yeah. very, very simple. And I think most people could do it. But what makes a really good song is just that extra bit of magic. And I think that comes from real life stuff and real raw emotion. So if you can really express yourself through me- music or if you have a feeling like that's just dragging you down or you know whatever if you can put that feeling into your music and express that emotion i think you're on to a winner i think the only genre where that doesn't apply is punk rock where it's like if shouting you're shouting and shouting well, away. It's, yeah. no like, well, well that actually that's true like right? i'm thinking it about apply, it applies for the music that i write you know if i'm just thinking about london calling by the clash which is just a song about this like amalgamation of political issues it's brilliant though but, oh no but it's the thing unbelievable is, the thing is uh, you believe it and they believed it you can hear it mm. you know it's believable yeah. I mean look if you can fake it fake it but I, I really believe that it's very fucking difficult to fake it yeah I'm almost, so. almost on the line of like impossible yeah like okay there's some, there are some producers out there who are absolutely phenomenal and they can put together incredible pop songs and all that stuff and they go up in the charts and they're amazing and they sell millions of copies but then the song is forgotten you know in like the the following year it's like forgotten yeah. but then there are these songs that you you know that just come out like and they're incredible and they in 20 years time you'll still be like holy shit remember that song it's yeah. because of the story it's because of the emotion it's because of the it's like another level of of songwriting like I think "Take Me to Church" by Hosier has it. Yeah. Know, as of late, and uh, I think. Well, that I I don't know why the first song that came to my head there was that "Way Down We Go." Way yeah, down yeah. we go. That's a great track. Yeah, yeah. it's super cool. Um, but yeah, there's sometimes a song just comes along and it's like it takes over the world and it's amazing. Yeah. Like James Bay has a few, like "Let It Be Me," no, or what is the one? I'll be me and you be me. I'll be you. I'll you be you and I'll be me. I'll be me, is it? Yeah. Let it go. Go on, let it go. He's got Hold Back the Don't River. Don't let it be. Oh, Hold Back the River as well, yeah. He's just got this raw emotion to his voice that's just incredible. Yeah. That's you know? a, like, that is a huge thing. Just it, it's, the, like, it is. Like, I mean, 
it's you know you, the songs have to be good you know yeah. but then that that extra raw emotion just takes it somewhere else you know? yeah like <laughs> I think actually Billy Corgan and I, I should say I'm not really that big of a fan of Smashing Bumpkins but in their song I think it's Disarm where he's like I used to be a little boy but yeah. his voice just cracks open or no Richard Ashcroft is a better example of a guy he's who does awesome that as well, like yeah. his voice just breaks apart in songs because he's so raw like it's, it's just emotion yeah, yeah it's fucking awesome I mean yeah it's uh I, I'm a big fan of that you know and I just like I love the Jeff Buckley's yeah. you know and uh, the proper real singers um, Dermot Kennedy is good at the moment he's an Irish singer songwriter I, I actually know of him yeah he's cool he's raw and deadly um, he's got it he's got that raw emotive sort of feeling thing you know it's my, my favourite voice of all time is probably Lane Staley from Alice in Chains like seriously his voice is just was phenomenal and uh we're gonna answer some questions from uh, followers on twitter some mine most steve's um do you do you have like a one size fits all answer for people who are like when are you coming to brazil when are you coming to this island i live in off the coast of nova scotia stuff like that um, um i don't have a one size fits all answer that's the first time i've ever heard that a one size fits all answer well, I am. Um, you know Sage Francis, and you know that I'm a huge fan of Sage Francis. He's awesome. He's the man. Um, I met him twice. He's he's a dude. Yeah, I he's a him. wordsmith. He is like he has like a he has a patronage with Trinity College for his um, service to like the English language, something mad like that. Wow. Like, the the dude is like a, an undeniable like yeah. bona fide poet. Um, but he he did this he released this album called Copper Gone in uh, a few years ago now it's his last album I think it might have been 2014 and he did this little skit while he was releasing it and it was like um, you know just a little acted sketch and he was like alright so I'm going on tour for this album like a press conference thing and people like why are you not coming to Philly? You got no love for Philly? And he's like, no, I don't have any fucking love for Philly. <laughs> like, why aren't you coming here? You don't love this place? No, I don't love that place. Why don't you play this song? I don't know. I haven't even done the set list yet. And I'll like, and just people bombarding them with these questions. And I see it all the time. Anytime anything is trending on Twitter and you click it, the top thing is come to Brazil. So, um, I, like, I always see artists say, look, if you want to see us come to this city, like contact the promoter and tell them that you want to see us and uh, I'm guessing it's a similar thing for you that you don't personally get a map of the world and show a load of darts at it and just go to the places where the darts land we, apart from that one time you did that we, obviously. no we, we kind of have a say um, but we do have an amazing promoter who uh, kind of just sets up tour routes and stuff like that for mm. us but if we really want to go somewhere we'll go like we went to Manila in the Philippines we had a lot of tweets about that and we went to Singapore, and they were amazing shows. Yeah. Like in both places, like a lot of fun. We were supposed to go to Brazil one time, but then the only reason we didn't go was because our passports were in the Japanese embassy because we were going to Japan. Oh wow! So we had to cancel this gig. But um, apparently we have a big following in in Brazil, and uh, yeah, I mean, but we're definitely going. Like we're gonna go. I'd probably say next year at some point. So the like person, confidently, 
person who yeah. said come to Brazil, you're coming to Brazil. Yeah, we're going to Brazil, yeah. Sweet. Um, <laughs> if you were in Hogwarts, which house would you be in? Hufflepuff. <laughs> Any reason or... Because you like saying it out loud? I don't, I don't have to tell you why. <laughs> That's a Slytherin answer if ever I've heard yeah, it. I'd probably be a Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. It's a funny sounding word. and uh, <laughs> I knew. <laughs> that's why. That's yeah. it. Hufflepuff. I'd be a Slytherin. I, I could I'm say that every day, like Hufflepuff. <laughs> they're kind of neutral, aren't they? I think they're the neutral. And what's the other one? Snagglepuss? No, it's... <laughs> Snanglepuss. What's the other fucking one? Yeah, I'd be a snanglepuss. Ravenclaw and what's the fourth one? Wigglytuff. <laughs> what? Yeah, Wigglytuff. That's it. I'd be a Wigglytuff. Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff. Could I be a Wigglytuff? Who's who's a Ravenclaw? <laughs> I mean, there's no. no that's law just basically me them. saying, can I be a Pokemon? Yeah. Well, no. Are you thinking of Jigglypuff? Wigglytuff is the evaluation of Jigglypuff. It is not, is it? It is, yeah. Oh, my good Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second here now. Oh, I will just... get a picture on my phone. Is Wigglytuff is the teddy that you were going to buy me in GameStop that time. No, it was a Jigglypuff. Oh, it was Jigglypuff. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I used to have a picture of the 150 Pokemon on my wall. Same. And I memorised them. Yeah, no, same, but... Well, you didn't memorize them. Well, not, not no. their evolved... Fo- like, so... No. Uh, it, no. Bulbasaur. There, there's a Wigglytuff. That's a picture of a Wigglytuff. That's a Wigglytuff. All it takes is a simple Google, <laughs> and there you have it. What does Bulbasaur evolve into? Um, Ivysaur. Oh, and then Venusaur. No. Oh, really? Yeah. What does Squirtle evolve into? War Turtle, and then uh, Bulbasaur. No. I know this one. This Bulbasaur. Is, no. Uh, Those begin with War P, Turtle and Blastoise. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Pikachu. Raichu. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. But then there was another evaluation down the line. I think there's a one before Pikachu now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a Hufflepuff. <laughs> a Ravenclaw, actually. Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, Snagglepuff. Oh, I forget this. I'm done. Um, and what does Harry Potter evolve into? Barry Char. Ah, right. Yeah. So what... Okay, right. Back to the question. What house would you What be would you do if you were a Wigglytuff? <laughs> well... What's the first thing you do? Like, I pretty much every day I ask myself the question, how should I live in this world? And that's me as a human. I'm pretty sure if I was a Wigglytuff... Like, are Pokemon conscious, do you think? Do they experience consciousness? Yeah, they have emotions. Mm. They can only say their name, though. Yeah, that's the thing. And Wigglytuff sings. Does, uh, so, there's another one that sings, uh, an ocean one, isn't there? One uh, on, Cedra? Yeah, Cedra, and its voice is so beautiful that it kills people or something. Well, Wigglytuff and Jigglypuff, they sing people to sleep. Nice. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you could join a band. My, I'm in a band. They're called Team Rocket. W- Wigglytuff and the Hufflepuffs. <laughs> if you were in a band, what would you call it? <laughs> if I was in a band, what would I call it? Yeah. What What name? Um, what would you name your band? I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. Some might say it's a Wigglytuff <laughs> one. 
fucking hell. <laughs> okay, we're going way right. off track. Here. Next question is from LA, LA, LJ Cool J. Cool. Who says, do you have a leap card? <laughs> What's a leap card? And Ross Buckley replied, this. Answer, please, Steve. You don't know what a leap card is. <laughs> I have no idea what a leap card is. My, my wallet isn't on me at the moment. It's in my bag, but it's a little green card that you put money on and then you go on the bus and you scan it and the bus is like, ah, oh, right, go on. It's like a credit card for transport. Oh, it's like a, an underground, it's like a... Yeah, yeah, an oyster card. An oyster card. Like one of them, that's right. I've had an oyster card. Well, that's sufficient. <laughs> okay. I think that'll do it. Yeah. Um, Anna asks, what do you like most about being in a band? Um, being able to do what I love and it's it's just awesome and getting to travel the world yeah can't really argue with that yeah um una asks who's whose twitter handle oh no i thought it said something else is uh what is the most beautiful place you've ever been that's a really good question um probably it changes all the time but uh wow Wahiki Islands in New Zealand, off the coast of New Zealand, was absolutely amazing. Um, well, uh, I love Tokyo just because it's bizarre and yeah. so different to everywhere else. And Osaka, Japan is great in general. Um, there's some great places in America. Um, I like San Diego, San Francisco. I like Texas. Arkansas is a good spot. I don't know. I'm just naming off places. Actually, do you know what? Switzerland is one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been to because the mountains and the lakes are just out of this world. It, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, do you already have a fave song on a new album? Um, this is hard because you can't reveal any track titles. <laughs> is it the one that we just listened song? to? Uh, yeah I do I do yeah but it changes every day um, that's fair but yeah I do and it would be the one we just listened yeah, to yeah the, it's a banger uh, I can't wait for it to be out in the world um, Connor Hawkins asks how much do you hate Al for having to do this podcast Um, how long have we got <laughs> that's that's on you no well for the sake of my ego probably like 30 seconds <laughs> Um, I'd say I hate him enough. <laughs> just, just about enough. It's oh, sufficient yeah. hatred. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um. That's next fair. question: What would you rather listen to? L cover one of your songs or die? No, sorry. What would you rather listen to L cover one of your songs or die? Um. See, that's a tricky one because you want to know how you're gonna die. Yeah. yeah, but then again, like I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd hear, I'll hear you, I'd hear you sing a cover. I think it'd be cool. You know, you know, in fairness, you might do a good job. You've never heard me sing. Have there you, you go. Mm. Well, uh, we'll give that a go. I'll get one of the, I'll get one of the guitars off these walls and you know, smash it for yeah. no reason. <laughs> yeah, I'll say I'm playing pray. Um, <clears throat> not a question. But everything works out in the end is my go-to song when I have a panic attack. So thanks. That's from Libby. That must be really amazing to hear. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it's really weird because I wrote that song. I I've dealt with panic attacks for like ten years, and uh, I wrote a lot of songs. Kind of like high hopes was kind of about depression and anxiety, and trying to stay positive. Um, and everything works out in the end. It's the same thing. Um, it's kind of about anxiety, depression. So for that song to actually help you is amazing because it helped me when I wrote it, and that's awesome. I hope you're keeping well and uh, yeah, keep your head up and try and stay positive. That's so cool. Um, Daniel JW asks, how much has your personal life changed due to the fame, like friendships with old mates and things like that? Um, I think I can chip in on this. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> I don't think I've changed that much. I'm still like pretty grounded. Um, if anything, like my the, I used to hang out in big groups, and I think as you get older, your your, your general group of friends get smaller. Um, I think uh, I don't think I've really changed at all, to be honest. You know, um, not really. Like I mean. I'm fairly grounded, uh, and I'd like to think I'd like to think my friends would say the same thing. Um, well, <laughs> well, here's the thing: you're a yeah. dickhead. Now that I have this platform, um, <laughs> I've been waiting for yeah. this moment for so long. This is me on my other account well, asking this question. The, you just start roasting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think, honestly? Um, I mean, like, so it says like friendships with old mates and things like that. I I've known you for. F- almost 15 years 15 years this year yeah. and um i like i still come over and have a few beers and we listen to music and we fight for the iphone and you know put on like you know listen to this song no listen to this song. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we still do all that shit like uh the only difference is it's in a different place now and i mean we're probably gonna play video games after this and uh like in in that regard, everything is the same. I, the only thing that's that's palpably different, because uh, like even if you are playing a show, like I'm gonna go to the um, Malahide gig as long as you put me on the guest list, and it's like a big event that everyone goes to. Yeah. But like, even then, right? We used to all do that anyway when you were only playing in like the Tiny local pubs, pubs and yeah. Stuff, yeah so it, like it, the only difference is like there's a bigger atmosphere to soak in now um and then other than that the the one thing that i actually have noticed is that it's really hard to go out for drinks with you now because everybody wants to come up to you and say oh man it's, yeah. uh, and um well that is that is the biggest change for me actually i didn't even think of that mm. um <clears throat> Yeah, it's a bit weird being um, being noticed and recognised. Um, it's just bizarre, you know, because... But I suppose, you know, we've achieved a lot as a band and uh, it kind of just comes with the territory, mm. I suppose. But when we started off, you know, like me, I'd, you know, I'd be writing songs and ju- just for the love of it and the passion and that's kind of what I still do, you know, but... Yeah, just never expected the kind of... It's a weird extra thing mm. that people recognise in the kind of... They feel like they know you, but they don't. I, I, one mm. of the funniest things I remember from being on tour with you was... Um, just, it's it's kind of like, in a weird way, you're almost oblivious to how like your 
a celebrity in, in some capacity and yeah I, so, I kind of I kind of ignore it or yeah just, it's weird yeah <clears throat> we were outside we were in the uh the tour bus there was one venue where the tour bus couldn't park around the side it had to park literally outside the venue I think it was Oxford and uh so we were in the tour bus. We were watching. It was we were watching a Christmas movie in fucking July or something. Because you know that's you. You're like that. You're just like that as a person. Um, Fair enough. And Christmas is great. You were like, I'm going out for a smoke, and you went outside the bus and closed the door. And there was two people at the front door. Two girls who had been queuing up. This was like one o'clock in the day, right? And your gig yeah. fucking started at quarter past nine at night or something. And you walked out. With a smoke, and the two of them are sitting there, and they're just looking at you like they're waiting for it to set in. That like they're they're in that like five seconds of shock. It's like is they're, that him? Is that and, and you're just like from like eight a.m. or something. Yeah, and yeah. you just look at them and go, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> and you put them both on the guest list and said, "Like oh, they didn't have tickets." Yeah, no, no, they had tickets. But yeah. you were just like here, like just here's the guest list. Like you don't oh, have to so queue you can this. Skip, or, you can yeah, skip the queue. But like yeah. they were the only ones there, though. Like it wasn't just a case of. So yeah, like you you did that, and uh, and you just came back in. You were like, yeah, all right, let's start this movie again. <laughs> it was just the most ridiculous thing ever. It, like it is bizarre, though. I mean, it's like. I don't know. I I don't. I was growing up. I was always the person who'd be in the corner, like avoiding attention. Mm. You know. So when I get attention, it makes me slightly uncomfortable. So I think my defense mechanism is to just be like super as casual, <laughs> as as relaxed as possible. It's like, hey, yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, that's gone. You know, or whatever. But like, I don't know. You know. Yeah. I uh, suppose it must be weird. Like if someone's a fan. And, you know, the music that, that I write and that we write as a band is, like, very personal to us. And when people connect to it, like, you know, yeah. we are, they probably, we have that in common, you know. But it's, I don't know, it's weird. I mean, I've met people who have kind of knocked me sideways. I just didn't know what to say. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. This, what yeah, do I do? What yeah. do I do? But then at the end of the day, they're just people. And it, at every single time I've met somebody that's like, you know, that I really look up to and admire, like afterwards I'm always like, wow, that they're they're just normal. Yeah, know? man. I like I met Brian Fallon recently, uh, as you well know. It's amazing. And um, I, 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 I can't even explain. <laughs> like, um, I like I've met him a thousand times in my head. Cause he's like one of my favorite like singers in the world, and um, I just went up to the dude and I was like, "Man, like, congratulations on the record! I've seen you like sixteen times, seen every gig you've ever played on Irish soil. I found you by accident, like, just fucking like yeah. rattled off like a novel in the space of about forty-five seconds, just so that I could get in everything that I wanted to say to the guy, but also to like respectfully leave him alone as quickly as possible because yeah, yeah, he was on yeah. like he had his, his kid on tour and oh, his wife yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. and I was just like because I, I know from being on tour with you as well that like when a gig is over sometimes you just have to go to the next place yeah and that's what they were like so it was like yeah just this really weird experience of like this guy is like one of my favorite people in the world here's all of the things that I have to say yeah, really, really weird. I mean, what do you say as well? 
I think like I'm happy with what I said to him because I, I like first of all saying congratulations on the record is very like affirmative of like it's, here it's I, awesome I, yeah. I love your new album it's fucking great like well done for making this yeah um, instead of being all like oh you need also I told him that um, my favorite track off it is Little Nightmares and then the next night in Belfast he added it to the set list so that's I'm awesome gonna claim credit for that but, uh, that's pretty cool yeah. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Um, when I when I I met Bono twice and both times, I, the second time I froze up and I didn't know what to say to him. Really? Yeah, I, I feel like it was, you know, yeah, I don't know. What did I say? I've never seen you live before. <laughs> you said that to him? Yeah. So I don't know what to expect. I'm really looking forward to it. <clears throat> but... I think I said I've seen every single DVD I've seen you on, you know, but I've never actually seen you live, live, which is true. Yeah. It was my first time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong you can say, like, unless you just... Buried them. Well, actually, there is a lot, yeah, unless yeah. you're just not nice, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's weird. That doesn't course. happen, though. You kind of have this, like, baseline respect for anyone who's successful at what they do. Like, I, I've said on this podcast many times that, like, I really don't like Coldplay. Like I just I don't like their music. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Guy. Right, but if I if Chris Martin walked in here He's he's one of my like inspirations. So right. And and I'm not there's no way I'd be like, Hey Chris, this is what I think of your music. Like I'd be like, Hey man, like congratulations on your life. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. like you, you have to have some kind of respect for someone who's achieved stuff, like Yeah, um, even if you don't like what they do, yeah. You just yeah. it's you kind of yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good way to be. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Like, I mean, there's a lot of artists that I just, I don't get what the hype is, but there's no way that if I saw them, I'd be like, oh, fuck you, you're not even that good. Or like, That's just childish. Yeah, it's dude. That's stupid. That's that's like Twitter responses. Immature, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I don't get it at all. Um, I mean, they're all only human as well at the yeah. end of the day. Everybody, you know. Do you ever get any hate on Twitter? I've never seen a hateful um, response to you ever. But yeah, no, I think I remember one time, just for the crack. I mean, yeah, we have. Yeah. Oh, I got got a really bad one there recently. Somebody said I looked like a butch lesbian. <laughs> the lead singer Codeline looks like a butch lesbian. Wow. Um. Whoever said that, thank you. It's, it's cool. I mean, I'm gonna decide. I'm gonna. I'm gonna consciously decide to take it as a compliment. Yeah. Um. I don't know. You could um, do what that James Blunt like fucking searches his name on Twitter every day. And he, oh yeah, he just shouts. He, yeah, he's yeah. amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Um. I don't know if you like. Yeah, people have said her we're just crap and shite and boring and yeah i mean look you're never going to impress everybody um we we put everything into our music and you know we're very lucky that people we can go around the world and play shows and you know we have fans and they love our music so as long as we're we can play shows around the world and people are there singing along and you know that's that's the main thing you know there's always going to be haters out there you know people who just if I were famous and I saw someone talking shit on Twitter, I'd DM them. I wouldn't even tweet it publicly. I'd DM them and be like, yo, I can fucking buy and burn your birth certificate. You stop talking <laughs> shit. 
Jesus Christ. Um, you know, I, I think if you, if you focused on all the fucking negative shit, you'll just drive yourself crazy. True, you know? true to a point, but you can use negativity very. Oh, you can use it to motivate like, you. Yeah. You know, but as long as it's. As long as it's not nasty, you know, just, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could fucking go to a house and, like, knock the doors in and fucking, you know, but, like, why bother? <laughs> just this, I don't know. One thing I've noticed is that if somebody makes fun of someone online, a famous person, and the famous person actually replies, they'll they'll wind their neck in instantly and be like oh i was just kidding bro so happy for you like all that like yeah, nep yeah. gets it a lot you know nep yeah and like nep is very shrewd he used to he used to be very like um I, the haters would have gotten to him before yeah but now yeah. he's like just so Whatever. tactful and and kind of takes it with a pinch of salt completely um and just replies the odd time for the absolute crack but it, his replies are com- like he could not state more clearly in his replies that this person's opinion does not matter <laughs> but also he'll make fun of them like they'll say something yeah. really stupid and or, or whatever and he'll just be like well actually you know here's how little i care and here's how stupid your point is and then the people are always like they delete the tweet or they like, it's, it's mad like he absolutely fucking buries people yeah I don't and, know yeah I mean look if, if if there was loads I'd probably end up doing that I don't know I just don't I don't see the point in actually even wasting time mm. because look you can't impress anybody you can't impress everybody and uh yeah, there's no like if someone doesn't like it, they don't like it. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, true. that's fair enough. It's Does like okay, it, yeah. fine, you know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think like, I th- I think it's if you don't like something and yet everybody else likes it, and you're the only voice that's ever like, oh, it's not that good. I think it it like makes you angrier. You get frustrated. Yeah, because yeah. you're constantly put into this position of being like, look, here's honestly why it's not that good. And when you have to reiterate the same points over and over, you start to believe them more strongly and more strongly because you're just confirming it to yourself. So you obviously get yourself into a level where you're like, I have to destroy this person's life so that the world will recognize that I'm right. And, and you think that you can do that by one comment yeah. on, a, on a YouTube video yeah. or on Twitter or something? One tweet, yeah, that's it. Well, By replying, fuck you. That's stupid. Yeah. Hey, I'm not saying... I'm not... <laughs> I don't do that. And when did you do this last? I think, <laughs> honestly, I think the only hate message I've ever sent someone on a famous person on Twitter is someone who absolutely deserved it. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to say who it is, but it's someone who I used to like, but then turned out to be a huge criminal. So I was like, "Fuck, yeah." Um, oh yeah, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Jesus, man. And yeah. I was really dry. It was like fucking three a.m. I just come back from the pub, and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. That's so th- that's like shit like that. That's extreme, though. Yeah. No, that's as yeah. extreme as it gets, I suppose. I mean, ah, fuck it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a true believer in uh, in karma. You know, kind of like what goes around comes around. Yeah. It's like you'll get back what you what you put out yeah so if you're constantly putting out this negative stuff you'll just end up being hit by a massive it's, wall of negativity it's definitely true in that sense like negativity yeah. is a self-fulfilling prophecy and if you live a negative world you'll like a, a negative world will 
live in you. That so. makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> well done. You're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I always trip over my words. You're, you've just done the equivalent to a troll, a troll. tweet. <laughs> I did that purposely. I wanted to see what you'd say. <laughs> And uh, yeah, all right. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, what were what were you saying? I don't know. Just that negativity is a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, it's like if you if you're always putting out negativity and hating on other yeah. people or whatever, you know, other people are probably going to hate on you. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, you'll be hit by like a big wall of negativity or whatever. You or know? an actual wall. Like you will, uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> Could happen to anybody. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Oh, sure. Is there any other questions? There's, there's, I think we'll end on this one, and okay. it's from uh, because I have an Android phone. It's from a bunch of boxes with X's going through them. Um, cool. Yeah. How's it going? A bunch of boxes with a couple of X's going through them. Uh, Twitter handle lip silhouette says, "Do you already have? No, I fucking already read your question. Hey." She asked another question. Oh. Do you prefer the writing sessions and being in the studio or performing your songs live on tour? I think this is probably a no-brainer. Um, not really. Hmm. I absolutely love performing, playing live and singing the songs live. But it's completely, it's a totally different world to actually writing the songs and being in the studio. Um, I love both and my honest answer would be it depends depends how I'm feeling at the time sometimes I just really want to write songs yeah and other times I there comes a point with every song when it's written that you just want to get out there and play it to a crowd like just to see how they react and how it goes down but um like that song that I wrote for you about fish As I was saying, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I'm kind of caught between the two, but um, yeah, I think <clears throat> it, it really depends. I love both. That's all I can say. I love both. Um, they're both amazing. Off the back of that, to finally end it, from Cahill, favorite song to play live? Favorite song to play live changes all the time. Um, it's difficult to say uh, lately uh, we have a song called Brother that's been going down really well I think because it's new and we just added it to the live set list and uh, there's a couple other new songs we've added which are really cool um, I also love One Day um, and The One another song yeah it's hard to pick. It changes all the time, to be honest. It's again, it depends on the gig. Yeah. Because the crowd's different. The everything, the atmosphere is different. It's yeah. I enjoy hearing Lost live. I love Lost as well. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty cool song. It, I, yeah. it translates really well to. It's the a live different. Show, yeah, guess. some of our songs are just totally different live, which I love. I love messing with them and just extending them and making them longer. And, changing around choruses and stuff and having backing singers there and yeah 
Um, good film. Love Like This is actually incredible live. Yeah, that's a good song. You recently started feeding into it with the acoustic version. Like oh yeah, we did that for a while. We did a slow version. See, I love doing that, like doing alternate versions of songs and then yeah. all of a sudden like building it up and then going into the song. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Like the love like this. The, yeah, the, um, Ready to Change. That's great live as well. Um, That's probably my least favourite song to play. Really? And I dropped it from the set. Why, why don't you like it? There's just something about it. The song was kind of thrown together and uh, it's it's all right. Like, I just, I don't love it. I, I don't know what it is about it that I love. Like, but the melody and the lyrics go together so well. That's always a huge thing. It's well me. constructed and all that, but I just feel it's, we have better songs mm. that are more, more emotional and stuff. And just, uh, but look, it's cool. Like, it, it, it's not that I didn't like it playing it live it's more that it, it didn't quite fit in the set for me mm, yeah there was, that's... Other, there was other it kind of st- stuck out like a sore thumb a little bit yeah. so replaced it with something else and just toying around but yeah I mean the lads like it they were kind of it was we were divided kind of thinking should we or should we not but it was taken out so what about that song I wrote for you about fish Yeah, I don't know, but um, <laughs> we might, um, yeah, we change up our set all the time anyway, so who knows, you know, we, we'll add and, add songs and take songs out all the time, so yeah, I love that part of playing live, you know, designing a set for a show. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right, it's been great. I'll show myself out. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get in here? Um, Wait, how'd you get in here again? I told you, your doorman is dead. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I'll, I'll get I'll get the new doorman to escort you out. Yeah. <laughs> and don't you ever. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah, peace. Thanks to all the homies listening. All you folks out there. <laughs> in radio land. <laughs> All you folks out there on North Dublin Radio. Some of you guys may be just getting ready to go to sleep. Nod off to the land of Nod. Would you nod off to the land of Nod? I don't know. I'm just trying to do some weird radio... Fade out. ...things. You know, like late night radio Oh yeah, I know all about it. You're listening to KBC 102, the midnight hour with El De Niro. And it's a really relaxing voice. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to close the set out with Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> We're going to close the set out tonight just as you uh, nod off to sleep with a bit of a classic. You might know it. I hope you have a good night and uh, I'll see you tomorrow night, same time. Here's Megadeth. <laughs> <laughs> Megadeth with uh, Symphony of the Yeah.